0: Well, good morning. Uh, obviously, Jeff is out today, and uh, I am privileged. My name is Pat Manus. If uh, if you are new here, uh, but this is the second Sunday in uh, a new sermon series that Jeff started last week on learning to pray like Jesus. And uh, today we're going to talk about, do you know who you're talking to? Okay, Do you know really, really who you're talking to? The goal of the series about prayer is this that we, like the disciples, would learn how to pray from Jesus, okay? And the concept is Jesus, of course, gave a model prayer. A lot of people call it the Lord's Prayer, but it was really just a model that Jesus provided, um, and that He said, okay, if you want to learn how to pray, here are some big things uh, that would be good to include in this conversation that you have uh, with God. This morning, as we get into uh, the the teaching time, I want to kind of underline two Big things, uh, big ideas, before we talk about the who of prayer. And that's really what I'm going to focus on this morning. In that model prayer, it starts out, and this is the one in Matthew, you know, of our God who art in heaven, okay, who is in heaven. So we're going to talk today a lot about the who of prayer. And What, excuse me, the first concept that I want to make sure you kind of have is who we're talking to really matters okay? Um, most of you know I'm an elementary school principal. Um, every single day I'm talking to all kind of ages, stages, people from different backgrounds and those kind of things. Well, who I'm talking to really matters because if I'm talking with a five-year-old who has just lost um, his favorite jacket, okay? He knows he's going to be in trouble with his mama, um, first of all, and so there are tears, and so there is distress. Um, but also, I am also talking with a custodian who Maybe needs directions about what to to accomplish today, or a parent, or a teacher, and and so on. And we change our conversation based on who we're talking to, okay? Now, I want to share someone with you who helped me to get that at a really early age. This is actually a picture of my dad, okay? When I grew up in Bendisville, South Carolina, a little bitty place. We do have more than one stoplight in Bendisville, South Carolina, it's kind of on the way to the beach and and such, um, but when I was growing up, I worked in a drugstore. Okay, I was dipping ice cream and all that kind of stuff. One of those drugstores and and such, and so and I did that all throughout, really middle school and high school. Um, and when customers would come in you know, they would look at me and they would say, hmm, I ought to know you. Okay? Now again, small town, where so everybody knows everybody for all that is good about that, and then all that is not so good about that. And so oftentimes, the customer would look at me and they would ask this question. They would say, who's your daddy? Now, when they asked me, who was my daddy? Now, I would kind of pull up my pants, okay? And I'd poke my chest out, and I would say, my daddy is Carl Manus," And I would have a dramatic pause just like that. (laughs) Because my dad w- was well-respected in the community. He was a leader in his church. He, um, he was a land surveyor. Uh, if he went walking down the street, you know, it was bad to have to follow around with him because he was going to talk to everybody that came down the street. If we went to the post office, grocery store, took it twice as long to go anywhere, do anything, because everybody knew my dad, and my dad knew everybody and, and things. And like I said, sometimes that was really good, and sometimes it was not so good. Um, but... For me, I was the son, still am, I am the son of Carl Manus, okay? And that was a really, really big deal to me. You see, I believed that if they didn't know me, and they knew my dad instead, they'd know I was somebody important, hopefully somebody good, hopefully somebody that was okay. You see, I believed that they would know me because they knew my dad. Now, Jesus, all throughout the Gospels, that's exactly what he was trying to get across to the people that were following him because they knew of a God called the Father, okay? This, this big idea of God, and over and over and over and over, Jesus said, you know, if you know me, you know the Father. If you know the Father, you know me, and it's back and forth. And, and so, he was trying, even as he presented the idea of prayer, for them to have a clear understanding about who to pray to. Okay? So big idea, number one, who we're praying to really matters. Second of all is any meaningful conversation, okay, but including prayer as well, it includes knowing or involves both talking and listening to someone, okay? Okay? Sometimes, you might not experience that with some of the people you talk with. Maybe you're just like, okay, they're doing all the talking, I'm doing all the listening, and I don't ever get a a word in edgewise, and and that is a one-ended conversation, but that's something to deal with them later on about. But most great conversations involve listening and talking, okay? And so, today, the big question that we're going to try to work through is, who are you really talking to? And who are you really listening to? Who? Okay. Um, And I say that because sometimes for me, I'll get stressed out and I'll get real frustrated or my emotions will take me to a certain place and and those kind of things. And, And it's because I'm listening kind of to the wrong voice. Okay. Now, I don't have 10 voices in my head. That's a different Maybe, you know, you exercise demons when you have that, you know, but that's a totally different thing I'm talking about. I'm just talking about day-to-day. Sometimes we don't listen to the right voice. And today what we want to talk about is who are we really listening to and talking to, okay? Now, Jesus would say, obviously, the person to listen to and to talk to is our Father, okay? What did he mean when he said, our Father who are in heaven. First of all, our father, when he said that, he was trying to help people to understand the goodness of God. I mean, think about, you know, again, he was saying, hey, think about your own dad, Um, have the closeness, maybe your mom, you know, someone who cares for you, someone who's right there with you all the time. This is, when we say our father, hopefully, guys, we want you to think about the goodness of God. What is good in him? But second of all, it's it's a little bigger than that because who is in heaven? refers to the greatness of God, okay? Yes, he is close, he is nearby, he is accessible, but also he is... God. He lives in heaven, and he's on earth, and everything in between. But he is supreme. He is all-powerful. He is God. And so, as we talk about our Father who art in heaven in our communication, all right, kind of what Jesus was saying is, wrap your arms around both of those as you begin your prayer. Now, In the Gospels, Jesus taught lots and lots and lots about his father. Just like I talked about my dad. Man, I could talk about my dad forever. Jesus did the same. And this morning, there are a lot of misunderstandings about God, our Father. And sometimes our misunderstandings go back to, quite honestly, maybe our own parents. Because sometimes, uh, for some of us in the room, um, we might not have even had a dad that was at home. Or, you know, the example of our father or or mom or example of either of our parents is a painful kind of thing. We want to acknowledge that. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, So... It, it can be confusing sometimes okay what do we do we really know what god's like well i can't imagine anybody better to help us understand what god our father is really like than what jesus said so let's take some, uh, take a look at what he said about his dad okay how did he describe him First of all, Jesus said, our Father loves us. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that He gave His only one and only Son. He loves us. He ultimately cares for us. He, he is one who gave His Son for us. He loved us that much. You know, I just saw the Mr. Rogers movie, and in fact, I actually read the Mr. Rogers movie. Um, Uh, biography. And one of the things that Fred Rogers said that, that is so true is, I don't think anyone can grow unless he's loved exactly as he is now, appreciated for what he is rather than what he will be. Jesus would look at that and say, Yeah, that's the kind of love that the Father has for you. That's the kind of love I have for you. I hope you're going to see that, but that's the kind of love the Father has. Second of all, our Father cares for us. In Matthew 6, 31 and 32, it says, Therefore, don't be anxious, saying, what do we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what are we going to wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your Heavenly Father knows that you need them all. He desperately loves us and cares for us. Our Father knows us, in Matthew 10, 29, 30, are not to spare a soul for a penny, and not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your Father. But even the hairs on your head are all numbered. You know, that is an amazing concept to me this morning. Well, after I got out of the shower, God looked and said, okay, you know, well, we had, had about 10 to 12 of them that was off His head, and they're probably not coming back for Him, so... Um, You know, I recognize that. But God knows us so well that even He knows the numbers of hairs that are on our head. Our Father sees us and hears us. But when you pray, go into your, your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who's in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. He always sees us. He always hears us. He always knows and is accessible to us. And and again, that's just so hard for me to get my head wrapped around, but He is always available to hear any cry, any word that I have for Him in conversation. Our Father forgives us. On the cross, Jesus cried out to his Father, and he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Even in desperate times, right before Jesus was to die on the cross, he called out to his Father, begging him to forgive the ones around him. Our Father is greater than all. John ten twenty nine says, My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one's able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. Um, Then Jesus said to them, uh, and this is, again, right before the cross, okay? um, Jesus is being arrested. Peter rips out the sword. He's, you know, ready to go um, against the the Roman soldiers. And Jesus tells them this. He says... um, Put your sword back into its place for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Don't you think that I can't appeal to my father? Do you think that I cannot appeal to my father? And he will at once send more than 12 legions of angels. Jesus was looking and saying, hey, this is bad. This is not good. What's about to go on is, is horrendous. Uh, this is a very bad, no good day for, for me. Um, but it is intentional. in." I can call upon the power of God to save me if that was the plan. Jesus reminds us that great power is always available at God's disposal and ours when needed. Our Father is with us in desperate times. In Matthew 26, 39, and going a little farther, he fell on his face and he prayed saying, my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And verse 42, again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, my father, if this can't pass, unless I drink it, your will be done. Most desperate time of Jesus's life. And he is there, he is bearing his soul. He is asking, is there any other way of the father? And he knows that God the Father is with him, listening to him. Our Father is true and reveals hidden truth to us. In Luke 10, 21, in that same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you've hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. That's us. He's revealed it to us. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. He's going to tell us the truth, and he's going to reveal that truth to us is what Jesus said about his dad. Now, for many of us, the sermon could end here because sometimes we get crossed up in really, really understanding this is what is true about God, and this is what Jesus said about him. Do we really believe that, though? Jesus wanted to make sure that we, we not only heard words about his father, but to give us a very clear picture. And many of us, most of us, have probably heard the story about the prodigal son, okay? Two sons, wayward son, older son, younger son, um, and older son. And it's in Luke 15. And in the, as the story begins, I mean, again, you know the story. Younger son looks, goes to his father and says, Father, give me the share of property that's coming to me. Hey, got an idea, Dad. Maybe want a gap year after college. Want to get all of the money. Want to go to a far distant land. I want to get away from you guys. Get out of the house. Go and have a good time. Live it up because it really, I think that's a really good good thing to do and you know in the story the son goes and does that and then the economy turns down and you know um, he runs out of money and then he's in uh, a Jewish kid who uh, ends up feeding the hogs and feeding the pigs and again there would be no Jewish kid that would ever touch a pig and and so that was nasty I mean the lowest of the lowest of the lowest jobs and uh, he gets so desperate that he actually looks and begins to to look at what the hogs are eating and the pigs are eating and kind Kind of looks at that with envy, and he says, okay, you know, boy, this is a really bad place that I'm in. And so, he comes to his senses, and this is where I want to pick up the story in Luke 15, but when he came to himself, and I want to, you know, you might want to underline that or jot those words down because we're going to talk about that a little bit. When he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. Good plan. He's thinking, okay? Now, he was listening to some voices before, but there's now a different set of voices that are talking um, to him, with him, in him, you know, that, okay, hmm, maybe being one of dad's hired servants would be a whole lot better than this. What he says is, I am no longer, and and again, he's got his his message when he goes back to dad. He's got what he wants to tell him. He says, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. This is what he's going to tell his dad. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And then he arose and he came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, felt compassion, ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, here's his prepared speech. He was ready to give it. He gave it. Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son, but the father, he didn't, the father didn't even let him get the rest of his prepared, lined out uh, message to dad. I mean, again, he had it ready to tell him, the father cut him off before he could get it all out. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best road, put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to celebrate. The father didn't even wait for his son to deliver. Now, now you know, as a dad, I, I might would have wanted to get in one, I told you so. I told you before you left, this was coming, okay? I knew this was going to happen. I, you know, I, I would have wanted to get in one of those, maybe, maybe. But not this father. And in the rest of the story, we hear about this older son who, you know, sees all this party going on and everything, and he sends a servant in to figure out what's happening, and the servant comes back and says, yeah, you know, your brother um, was gone, and uh, now he's back, and, and so we're celebrating that he's his return with us and uh and you know the older brother just kind of folds up his arms and he's mad and, and and no doubt the voice that the older brother is hearing is this isn't fair okay this is fair i can't believe he's done, that's isn't fair okay um and in fact his father comes out and here's what the older son tells his father he says, look, these many years I've served you and I've never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. And here's what he, uh, he, he also tells us that. He said, but when this, your, the son of yours came, not my brother, your son, when your son came back, who has devoured your property uh, with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. And so the father is there and I can just imagine you know in the story you can okay. It's nodding. And here's what the father tells his older son he said, "Son, you're always with me and all that's mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and now he's found." In this story the father showed love to the two sons very differently he loved first of all his younger son enough to let him go to begin with and if you have been in that situation that is a great love to love someone enough to let them go even when you probably know this is not going to go well for them you love them that much an amazing love For his younger son, he was also loving him enough to look for his return. In the passage, it said, he waited daily, was looking, okay? Where is he? Is he coming back? He'll probably come back. I want to be on the lookout for him to welcome him home. For the older son, he loved his older son in a very different way. You know... He listened to his frustrations. And I think sometimes we miss this about our father. Sometimes we're so worked up, we're mad, we're angry, we're frustrated. We're, we're, you know, we're upset about something. And we kind of miss maybe sometimes God would really want us to tell him that yucky stuff too. He can probably handle it. Because I think the Father and our Father knows that if we kind of get that stuff out, just saying it and, and just, just telling Him, just telling Him, and sometimes telling Him is a whole lot better than telling somebody else all the yucky stuff. Then He loves us enough in that conversation to let us know the truth. Hey, you still have everything. Your brother was lost. Now he's found. That is reason to celebrate. In the story, the prodigal son had to come to himself. Now, in, in again, my mind, what that means is it was, it was a change of direction. It's okay. I'm listening to these voices, and again, could have been the voice of, you know, it's a story, but I mean, I can imagine a voice of other people telling, hey, come have a good time. Hey, come have a good time. Hey, why don't you get all the money, and we'll party with you until the money runs out, or whatever it is. But he's listening to one set of voices, and when he came to himself, that's when the voices changed. It was at that moment he changed who he was listening to. And that change of thinking was a memory. And that memory was based on the truth about his father. Now, in the story, the son had the idea I'll just go, it will be a good, based on my current situation, it will be a good enough deal if I just go back and my dad just makes me one of his hired help, okay? Man, that would be a much better situation for me than where I am right now. I mean, the hired help had food on the table, roof over their head, clothes on the back. Hey, you know, I just want to go and be reemployed as one of my dad's hired help servants, But he didn't get that right. The son didn't. The wayward son had one thing wrong in his thinking about his dad. You see, his dad, his father, didn't want another servant. His father wanted his son back. He wanted his daughter back. Because this story could have been about a girl just like a boy. In Galatians 4, 6, it says, and because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Daddy is Abba. Daddy, Father, choose, choose formal, choose informal. We're talking about the same person. Daddy, Father. So you are no longer a slave. Or a servant but a son or a daughter and if you're a son or a daughter then an heir through god the younger son just wanted to be a servant his dad said no not good enough i want another servant i got a lot of servants i want son and the reason why is that servants and sons or daughters have very different mindsets, okay? Here's what servants think. Here's what slaves think. Here's what the hired help thinks. Servants worry if their performance is good enough. Am I good enough? Am I good enough? Am I doing a good enough job? Am I okay? Is my performance okay? What's my evaluation? Am I all right? Servants worry if the boss cares about it. Servants worry if they're going to have a job. Servants worry, is is the boss telling the truth? Is that really the truth? Servants wonder, does does the boss even know who I am and what I can do? Does does the boss even care about me? Does, Does the boss value me? Am I a value to this business, to this organization? What's going to happen if I mess up in this job? Oh my gosh, what's the boss going to think? Will the boss abandon me when the work becomes difficult? Is he going to leave me high and dry? You see, servants live with the constant insecurity, frustration, and worry and fear. Fear. because it's about their performance. Sons and daughters think differently. They know that they're loved by their dad. Sons and daughters know that, th- that their father sees and hears them and will never leave them. They know that they have been and will be forgiven. They know that their father is in control. They know that he'll tell them the truth. They know that they're unconditionally loved. Sons and daughters don't live in constant insecurity, frustration, worry, and fear. They live in joy and peace and acceptance and love. You see, what we believe about ourselves comes from someone's voice. And for many of us, we may have been listening to a voice that really has made us a servant or a slave to fill in the blank. Instead of a voice that says, you are my child. This is a picture that some of you may remember, okay? This is me, and this is my son, Joey. And Joey is now a big old strapping kid, and you'll see him uh, giving out bulletins between the services and things. But this is the five-year-old version of Joey, Okay. Who literally, with uh, we were we were playing. In fact, it was a hearing in church. We were playing the roles of shepherds and shepherd son and shepherd son, uh, shepherd dad and shepherd son. And I literally had to take that crook just to keep him right with me and stuff. So anyway, this is the five year old version of, of Joey. And some of you know that Joey had the pleasure of what few um, kids have, and I, I say pleasure tongue in cheek because Joey. Uh, his, had his dad as his principal from kindergarten through fifth grade. Every day, we were together, okay, at Richmond Drive Elementary School. And uh, he started in kindergarten and all the way through. Uh, I told him often he was the only child that was uh, a kid that corporal punishment um, applied to. Um <laughs> Luckily, that never happened. He never had to be sent to the principal um, and, and such. But uh, I wanted him to know, you know, what you've heard about kids can't be spanked in school. Well, that does not apply to you. Um, so, but that that never happened. That never happened. He was a great kid. So. Every day, my music teacher, David Cole, as the kids would go down the hall, you know, David was, was one of these high-fiving, hey, out of boy kind of kind of teachers. He's a great guy, and and you know, kid come on, hey, what's up? What's you good to see high five? Hey, how you doing today? What's up? What's happening? Those kind of things. And uh, and one day Joey was coming down the hall and and uh, and, and David was you know with all the kids and, and stuff, and he looked at Joey and and just like he had done with, you know, probably 10 other kids that day. He looked at Joey and said, Joey, you're the man. You're the man. And Joey stopped and he looked at him. He said, no, Mr. Cole, but my dad is. True story. You know, the truth is that all of us Come to a place where we realize we are not the man or the woman that we hoped we would be. We had hopes and dreams that, you know, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to be the man, I'm going to be the woman. I'm gonna... And those just crashed and burned. And the question is whether or not in those moments, and and I got to be really honest, for some of us, that's a one-time event that it's like I come to that realization and then life changes of of who the man really is. For me, that's a constant process that kind of happens every couple weeks, it seems like with me of recognizing I'm not what I thought I was. So whichever one it might be for you, we have to come to ourselves and in those moments decide whose voice are we listening to? Will we listen to the voice of truth, of a loving and powerful father? Or do we hear the voices of fear or worry or imperfection or rejection? Are we hearing the voices that tell us, you are a slave, you are a servant? Or are we listening to the voice of a loving and great heavenly father who says, you are my son? my daughter. For some of us, and boy, I use the word us, that voice telling us we're a slave to imperfections, of rejection, of not being good enough, a failure. You messed up. You're messed up. Both of those. For some of us this morning, we may have been hearing those for a lifetime. This morning, can you? And really the question is not can you, because you can. The question is, will you come to yourself? Would we come to ourselves to hear the voice of our Father? He desperately wants you to know. You don't have to be a servant, a slave anymore. You can be a son. You can be a daughter. He wants us to hear him. So that we can come home. Do you really, really know who you're listening to? Let's pray. Father, this morning we recognize that we have been listening to voices. And Father, you know the truth is, and I know the truth is, and we know the truth is that we're always listening to voices. The challenge is what voice are gonna listen to? A voice that keeps us in bondage, the voice that keeps us as the hired help the voice that invites us again and again and again and again and reminds us that we are way better than just the hard help. We are way more valuable than what slaves were. We are sons. We are daughters. This morning is it's really quiet.